0: Now entering Nerdist.com Hello you naughty monkey Uh, Welcome to the show Sex Nerd Sandra here And I've got quite a show for you Um, It's part one in a two part series on erotic hypnosis It was recorded live in DC um, just a few weeks ago And it was a blast Thank you to everyone who came out and pinch the bar I love that there's a, a bar called the Pinch Um, ...where I can do a sex podcast, and tickles me. Anyway, um, it was a wonderful evening. Very excited. A few things before we start. Um, One, dates. I will be in San Francisco next week, September 15th and 16th. I'll be teaching in San Fran at Good Vibes. I'll be teaching Boning 101, The Fundamentals of Fabulous Sex, and um, Playful Kink the next day. September 22nd, I will be back in Los Angeles to teach Snatch Attack, The Art of Awesome Oral Sex, at the Los Angeles Academy of Sex and then in austin i'll be in town september 27th and 28th i will be teaching a workshop i don't have the details yet but it will be a workshop with a meetup afterwards so either come to the workshop come after for drinks and hugs or both hey or neither just stay home and judge me i don't care um new york hey hi october 10th i'll be in you teaching boating 101 for new york city It's comic-con and they're having a super week and i get to be a part of it and it's gonna be a blast that's a friday october 10th at Madame x which is a very sexy bar um what else let's see oh yelp i'm going down my list i had a lot of coffee can you tell very caffeinated i'm trying a new thing called um being more awake Yelp, um, (laughs) I announced that I'm finally on there. And thank you to Alex, Jim, and Daniel because you all left really wonderful reviews and it was heart-touching and I really appreciate your support. Um, So yes, part of my goal in this new life called not having um, a weekly job to go to, now I am purely sex nerd Sandra for your enjoyment and entertainment and knowledge. Uh, So let's see. Oh, FYI last week's episode on the Sex Geek bus where I was standing and recording with people. I had a few people call me out like 55 miles per hour, Sandra, is not very fast. I just hate to break it to you. Look, friend, um, you try standing, holding two microphones, leaning, um, just sort of against anything you can while walking up and down and interviewing people and see how you feel uh 55 miles per hour um gets you. um but yeah I, I, I realize like i know where the gas pedal is so don't don't you worry about that but anyway uh it was still it was it was a lot it's a lot. Hey, okay. Back to this episode. Um, a few things. This is the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. This is more of an intro, um, into erotic hypnosis. So keep that in mind. Lots of info. Next week will be some stories. We have a delightful couple guests that come up to the stage for even more. Um, everyone is super quiet, and during this episode, um, there is. I mean, you know, we have a good time for sure. But after when we were like doing all of the photos and the hugs and the high fives, it was hilarious because I'd, I'd be like. Someone would say, like, oh, I really enjoyed the show. Like, thanks for coming to town. And be like, awesome, yay. Do you feel like the audience already knew everything? Or, like, I was I was pretty much kind of, like, not sure why everyone was so quiet. And they're like, no, it was so interesting. It's just that we really wanted to hear everything. And then when the guys started talking in the voice, you'll hear the voice. Like, we just got really focused. Like, we kind of got lulled into a we just really wanted to hear everything it was kind of it, basically uh when you stand in front of a group of people and are talking about stuff and learning and laughing and having a good time um when everyone gets really quiet for a long period you feel like there might be something wrong so i asked i, I know i asked at least five people who talked to me after what their thought was so i don't know i just thought i'd share with you what was going on after and that it was funny that uh, I was paranoid for no no good reason, really. Thank you. Thank you for the support and the reassurance, friends. Um, oh, right. So there is a little bit of a trigger warning because in the second half of this episode, there is an an example of erotic hypnosis. And I didn't know what was going to happen, like um, except that it would be a few minutes long. Um, and what happened, I, I'm not going to give it away, but let's just say that when it it starts to get into it. Um, there might be some auditory proof of, like, some sensuality. This this show, we talk about sex. We don't actually, like, play sex noises. So if that makes you feel uncomfortable, you might want to fast forward a few minutes uh, to the processing for afterward. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Looking out for you. Looking out for you and the weird feelings sometimes we have in our pants. Hmm, fun. Let's see, and that's it. I'm having a great day, I hope you are, Um, and I will see you back soon for part two of this very fun episode. Thanks to Mark Wiseman and everyone who came out. All right, enjoy. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Yeah! So, I have for you here tonight uh, the author of Mind Play A Guide to Erotic Hypnosis. A gentleman who I've actually met and talked to, some practitioners of erotic hypnosis, and they were all very excited that I talked to this gent. And already, I've, I actually got to see him. Do a little hypnosis before the show, and I kind of giggled and blushed because I was like, "Stop it! That's embarrassing!" It's like it's crazy. I don't even. I can't even understand it. Uh, so, uh, Mark Wiseman, will you please come up to the stage so we can find out all the things? Give him a hand. Hi. Good evening. Good, oh, good evening. We are. I wanted. <laughs> Uh, people get mad at me sometimes on the show when I talk in sexy voice, like, like, hey guys, like, you know, thanks for listening to the podcast. Like, you know, like, I might be tired when I'm recording my intro or whatever. But some people write me and they're like, please don't do that. It's kind of creepy. And it's like, it's like, it's like, mommy, don't do that. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to hear you like that. Um, I have so many questions, Mark. How long have you been a hypnotist?
1: Can I call you a hypnotist? Yes, hypnotist is a perfectly good word. Okay. Um, I've been a hypnotist for, well, officially, professionally, for 12 years. Okay. I was kind of doing an amateur for a few years before that. And I've been writing smut that was hypnosis-related for about 15 years.
0: Okay. Does that mean when you became, turned profesh, that people started paying you to do it? Or does that mean that you were teaching people to do it?
1: No, that's when I actually went and got officially trained and became a mundane-life, real-world, stop-smoking, break-your-bad-habits-type hypnotist. I still do the erotic stuff for free.
0: <laughs> now is a oh so real world wait okay wait I mean I don't necessarily believe in hypnotism <gasps> uh, I've never heard that <laughs> <laughs> my experience with it is as a kid seeing somebody on TV with a watch and being like you all getting sleepy or like oh, yes. like bock 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 but I'll be like that's silly and also not real um so, people hire you to go out, like you've been trained to go out into the world to teach people like, and hypnotize them so that they don't smoke anymore and things like that?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. A, a lot of it is smoking. I've done a few people with weight control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a lot of stress cases, a lot of, like, student study skills, uh, fears and phobias. You, you name it, I've, I've at least talked to people about it. Okay. Yeah, and that's all in the, the mundane world stuff. And then, of course... As wise guy, uh, I do erotic hypnosis. Wait, all that's over right. The place.
0: That's your FetLife profile,
1: right? Yes, I am Wise Guy 35 on Be- FetLife. Do people just
0: call you? Hey, Wise Guy, how's it going? High five. Put yeah, it there. Much. Okay.
1: Yeah, when when I go to the conferences uh, where I do a lot of my teaching, yeah, people are like, "Hey, good to see you again." There's hugs, there's handshakes, okay. there's trances.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Was, well, like that's like you're like a hypnotist. High five is you just like. <laughs> you know, like
1: McDonald's. Ugh. Well, you know, the hypnotist high five goes kind of like this you start and then you miss and you say sleep.
0: Can't wait, can you like because I also put a disclaimer and I know I told you on the phone. Mm-hmm. I was like, no one is getting non consensually hypnotized. Is that
1: okay with you? Oh, yeah, no, nobody. <laughs> nobody.
0: But can you hypnotize someone that doesn't know they're getting hypnotized? Uh, it can be done.
1: Okay, it's ethically very squishy. Or there not ethical at
0: all.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Sometimes in the context of a relationship, if you're playing with somebody on a regular basis, they'll mm-hmm. say, hey, I want you to drop me by surprise Okay. sometime. At which point all you can really do is say, sure. And then you wait till they're not suspecting yeah. it, and then you kind of come up behind them or in front of them, and drop them because what that's what they dropping? want. What is dropping? I'm sorry. Uh, to drop someone. Slang for to put someone into trance.
0: Okay. Is that different than... Um Su- uh, not
1: subdrop subspace.
0: Because I've experienced subspace where it's, someone's like playing and doming and then I'm yeah. just like, yeah, whatever,
1: I'll just be here. Yeah, just it's uh, kind of Kiss and Cousins. Subspace yeah. is a, is a um. kind of trance state. Strictly speaking, hypnosis, trance, is pretty much any state of focused concentration. Okay. If you're focused on something and you're not paying attention to the stuff that isn't related to that, you're in an altered state. You're in a trance state. Um, every single one of us goes into trance twice a day.
0: Uh, bedtime and waking up. <gasps>
1: Bingo! Bingo!
0: It, 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 so it's like, the, I feel like it's like the dawn and uh, sunrise and sunset of our consciousness. Yes!
1: Only if you get paid a lot of money for it, then it's the hypnagogic and the hypnopompic.
0: Hypnagogic and hypnopompic. Yeah,
1: hypnopo- $10 words. The field is full of them. Oh, okay. The point is, yeah, in, in the beginning of the day, when you're starting to wake up, but you're uh-huh. not really quite there yet, you know what I'm talking about? That's actually a form of trance state, and if you're in that state and your significant other is with you and they happen to pick that moment to mention that this would be a real good time to make me breakfast, you are more likely to take that suggestion than <laughs> if you were fully awake.
0: Or if you're just nice.
1: Or if you're just nice. Yeah, okay. uh, and then the same thing, when you go to bed at night and you kind of start to get relaxed and settled in, not really quite asleep yet but not entirely awake yet, you fall through that trance state on your way to sleep. So it's a perfectly natural thing that everybody goes through. Have you ever gotten in the car to go somewhere that you're familiar with? And then you get there and you think, wait a minute, what happened during this trip?
0: Did you ever do that? Uh, yeah, I live in LA. Um, Los Angeles, terrible traffic. Yes, terrible traffic. Everyone's trying to pretend they're somewhere else. Also, <laughs> the shower. I do that mm-hmm. in the shower where I don't remember if I soaked up things. Yes. And So then I double wash sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like... yep.
1: Your conscious mind was kind of out to lunch. Your subconscious was running the show. Okay. And it's perfectly normal and natural and everybody does it.
0: Okay. I guess... Tramp... Hmm. I think of the the state that we mm-hmm. go into before we sleep as um, what is it? The alpha waves in our brain. Like there's beta waves. Well, there's
1: beta, which is like fully awake. Yeah, aware. fully function. Alpha is relaxed but still awake. And then mm-hmm. as you sink down, you get next to theta, which is kind of that dreamy, half okay. in, half out. It's also where your brain goes when you're dreaming. And then below that is delta, which is gone, zoned. So, is,
0: I mean, so is there a brainwave connection to trance where you're getting into the theta? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, trance work happens in theta or sometimes very low alpha depending on the individual. But that suggestibility, that ability to, to kind of stop judging and just take an idea that's presented to you starts to kick in in lower alpha and is really there in theta.
0: So if I want to, okay, this is an evil question, but like if yeah. I wanted to like hypnotize a whole bunch of people that came to one of my workshops, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't do and would be sloppy and I wouldn't, I mean,
1: um could I be a
0: hypnotist? Is that, can anyone be a hypnotist? Yeah, anybody
1: who's willing to put in the time to learn it. I'm not.
0: Um, <laughs> um, but if I, because usually I'm fairly animated when I teach a workshop. Like, I'm very much like, hey kids, let's learn about butt stuff. No, oh, that's tomorrow night. Um, um, if I just started to talk real monotone, to get, you know that really, like, Bueller Wow. Like, if I did that, could I then, when no one was listening, just be like, You will now give me
1: lots of hugs? Uh, probably not. No? No, actually, the That's monotone th- is not the best way to go about it. Oh, okay. Um, if I may. You may. Wait, what are you going to do? <laughs> a person's hypnotic voice is really just a slightly deeper, slightly smoother, a little more animated version of their regular voice. You know, this slightly this more is animated? not a monotone. Slightly more animated. It's slightly, more up and down. Slightly more animated. Yes. This is my hypnotism voice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is, this is my actual trance voice. Is it? I open my throat a little bit more. Uh-huh. I breathe a little more deeply. <gasps> and as a result, you get a tone that's a little bit richer, a little bit smoother. And by not being a monotone, it commands attention. It gets somebody drawn in so that they're actually listening. I'm, trying, I'm
0: listening to your voice. I'm trying to find my version like you want i would like will everyone just stay with me in their regular voice like this is my daytime voice one two three this,
1: this is, my is my daytime, daytime voice.
0: voice now take into account what he just said about what your hypnotism voice is and then we'll all say this is my hypnotism voice like, ooh, ooh, ooh. so one two three ooh, this ooh, is my hypnotism, hypnotism voice, voice. We may all need to practice, especially me.
1: (laughs) It takes a little. It takes a little. It takes a little. It's really funny.
0: (laughs) So deeper, breathing deeper. Opening your throat.
1: throat. Your hypnotic voice comes from the upper chest instead of from the throat. Uh,
0: Like gospel singing.
1: Yes, like like singing. Actually, a lot of the exercises that I teach people to do to improve their hypnotic voice come from a voice teacher that I knew.
0: (laughs) Can you teach us an exercise that can help us find our hypnotic voice?
1: Uh, sure, why not? Yeah, we, very we simple do it? One, very simple one for opening up that chest resonance, getting that chest going. <coughs> Make a fist. Everyone's
0: fisting. Yeah. And then as you
1: as you, as you, as you hold it, yeah, really, as, as you go. Uh, oh. 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 Oh.
0: We're beating our chests. Ow.
1: Yes, we are beating our chests. Chests, not breasts. A little too hot. There we go. That helps to kind of loosen things up a little. And after okay. you've done that... Make a conscious effort to open your throat. And as you start to speak, the first thing you're going to notice is you run out of breath very, very quickly. Because a lot more is going through your neck than normally does when you speak. With practice, you get used to that. And then you stop going, <gasps> every third sentence. because oh, it's It's an area
0: right, so you're using more air. More air.
1: It's, it's kind of like if you have a brass instrument, a trombone uses more air than a trumpet because it's a larger tube. I
0: didn't know that. Bigger opening.
1: Hmm. I've played both.
0: Oh, well, of course you have. You are a man of many talents, clearly. Oh, man. Okay. So. Yes. Anyone can be a hypnotist.
1: Anyone can be a hypnotist. Um, All it takes is a little bit of practice and instruction. People have been self-taught. I've I've met a couple people who taught themselves and are incredibly good.
0: Okay. What's the difference between somebody who's gotten... trained to do it versus someone who taught themselves. I mean, because you have this book, mm-hmm. which actually I was very... You sent me yeah, the book um, to look over, and I was like, there's some great stuff in there. Um, but, like, if someone read your book, I mean, could they become, like, a, uh, a casual practitioner? Not casual. Is that... Well, yeah, sure. Is it a
1: casual practitioner? Sure. Oh, okay. Yes, the, the, the purpose of that book and the point of that book, that is... Uh, the distillation of a lot of the workshops that I've been doing at erotic hypnosis conferences for the last several years since we started having them regularly. I got to the point where I realized, well, wait a minute. I, it's sooner or later, there's going to be so many of these, I can't go to all of them. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that can't drop everything and go to San Francisco at the end of September, for example, which is when the next one is coming up. Uh, so I wrote the book to be able to get it out there to all the local hypnosis groups, like the Black Rose group that's here in the oh, D.C. Yeah. area. So that they can have that as a reference. You can actually run groups around that. You can hold classes.
0: Okay. All right.
1: And teach people how to be competent, safe, responsible erotic hypnotists.
0: Right, because psychologically, you could do some major damage, I imagine. Because I'm not sure what this means. I don't think of myself as quite suggestible when I'm falling asleep. Like, I don't. I'm not that I'm thinking when I'm falling asleep that much. Mm -hmm. But I. I just don't feel like I'm that suggestible. When that's happening, okay. So, what does that mean to be suggestible? Does that mean like cook me breakfast in the morning, and then I'll just, for some reason, (laughs) have a strange urge in the morning to like scramble some eggs? Like, is that like it's just that's the connection that uh, you just get? That would be an
1: extreme example. Okay. Oh, that's an extreme example. That's an extreme example. If you're really suggestible, that could very well work, as long as it's not something that you'd be averse to doing anyway.
0: What would you like to What do you wish I'm asking the audience this Just just shout it out Something that you wish You could hypnotize Someone to do for you Go to work for you Go to work for you (laughs) That seems like That's That's an eight hour That's an eight and a half hour (laughs) Hypnosis like they wake up Like in the afternoon Like wait a minute (laughs)
1: This is my day off You also have to hypnotize Everybody at work To think that you were Actually still there Otherwise you're not going to Get paid for the day anyway
0: Could you technically do that?
1: It depends on who you do it with. Because ultimately, what it really comes down to is whatever your head is willing to do, I can get you to do. But context is everything. So you can only get someone to do something if they
0: actually already want to do
1: it. Or if they're already at least not against doing it. Okay. For example, um, if you and I were friends and we had similar jobs and you had a day off and I wanted to get you to go to work for me. Mm -hmm. I'd be, hey, do you mind if I hypnotize you? I'm going to try to get you to work for me. You say, okay, then all right. We do the trance. We've already established this is not something that you're averse to doing. You know, maybe we're in the same place I can get you to cover my shift. But if you've already got (laughs) plans or you know that some third person is working that shift who you utterly loathe, the likelihood that you're going to take that suggestion and run with it is a lot lower. Okay. And if we don't know each other, you can pretty much forget it.
0: What about... So let's just, let's just make this bedroom stuff because... Sure. I would love if, if someone that I was consenting to among my partners could hypnotize me or somehow be like, orgasm, click, like, and then, ah, like, to just sort of... Oh, yeah, Can that's you do easy. that? Like, that's easy? That's easy. Don't do it to me, man. I'm, I'm working right now.
1: <laughs> that, that's, I'm, that's kind of the litmus test of an erotic hypnotist. If you can't make somebody come on command, you're not that good. At least that's perception. <laughs>
0: So is that like beginner stuff? Like like the first class you go to? It's like, okay, bring a date. Let's let work on...
1: I don't, I don't usually do that in the 101 class, uh, but it is it is uh, something once you've got your first few inductions under your belt and have started to learn a little bit about how to make suggestions work, yeah, that's a very easy thing to do. And I'm not just talking about women.
0: Okay, well, yeah, I hope not. I, you
1: know? No, in other words, you can do that to guys, too.
0: Could you make it... So I guess... Okay. Here's the question: Since some men, and maybe theoretically all male-bodied people, could orgasm without ejaculating, yes. if they already had the abil- uh, if they had not already figured that out how to do to orgasm without ejaculating, could you get them to orgasm without ejaculating?
1: Yes. No. Yes.
0: Yeah, I get it down
1: I don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely
0: because it's kind of messy if you're in a restaurant you're like oh, ejaculate, it's, you know? messy. it's messy and
1: he's useless for 45 minutes or an hour afterwards I know how, how strong he is
0: well if you think he's useless <laughs> we need to talk because there's other things you can well, do Well, that's true uh, <laughs> yeah. oh I have a question Okay. I have a really important question. Neuro linguistic programming. Yes. NLP mm-hmm. used a lot in the pickup uh, artist community. Talked it about is. a lot there. Um, that to me seems like magic. I haven't studied it myself. I just mm-hmm. bought a book about it. I'm really excited um, oh. because I want to know what is. Is that a real? Does that actually a thing that you can do?
1: Has that been debunked? Is
0: that? Oh no! NLP
1: is totally real. And NLP... NLP is kissing cousin to hypnosis.
0: Ugh, every time you say it, I like, get yeah, yeah. a little weird. <laughs> a little weird.
1: <laughs> it's a really incestuous family.
0: Because like, to me, like, what did I learn about it? Like, NLP is when you can just sort of make your waitress want to go out with you later, like, where you can just sort of... Like, uh, like,
1: that's the, well, again, it's like hypnosis in that there's the perception of what it is and there's the reality of what it is. Like, um, you know, The perception of hypnosis is that you can get some guy out of bed with Cameron Diaz just by saying, Constantinople. And in real life, it doesn't really work that way. Well, NLP is an awesome way of helping to motivate people, and it's a way of getting to somebody's subconscious and inserting suggestions without the formality of of inducing a trance. But, you know, the classic case of I walk up to you in a bar and I start saying the magic phrases and the magic patterns and get you kind of aroused and interested, and you leave with me and, and we go do it somewhere. Well, the reality is... There's a reason you were in that bar. Okay. Wait. They were already looking for someone to Bingo. bring them on a journey. You're already in that bar, and you didn't tell me to go away when I sat down and started talking to you. So what's the likelihood that you maybe would be interested as long as I don't prove to be repulsive in the first place?
0: I don't know. I don't okay. generally go home with people in. Really bars. good
1: NLP is a really good sales job. Okay. Essentially, the whole speed seduction thing is a good sales job. You're going up to somebody who, based on the circumstances, is probably at least somewhat interested. And as long as you don't turn them off, if you're able to build rapport, get a connection going, they'll be agreeable to you. If you turn them off, they will kick you in the nuts and you'll be limping home.
0: But That just seems like regular social skills.
1: It's social skills kind of on steroids. Yeah. Okay. It's the study of what makes social skills work. For example. Yes. Example. Okay. Rapport. Basic rapport skills.
0: Are we playing I, right now? Yes. Okay. Yes. You, I,
1: and, you and I are sitting in very similar body positions. Mm-hmm. We're making a lot of eye contact. I'm breathing at about the same rate that you're breathing. You didn't notice that? No. That's okay. It's weird. It's well, un- until you learn to consciously pay attention to these things, you don't.
0: Yeah. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm speeding up just to see if you'll do it. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> and that's that's a principle: pacing and leading.
0: Okay, I've if heard we of that. start I've heard out that.
1: getting in sync, uh-huh. and then one of us varies a little bit, the other one will usually follow.
0: Oh, well, so are you trying to get me to try and like lean my head a little bit? Sure.
1: <laughs> if I do that, I'll fall off the chair, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> How do you get someone to start leading you in body
1: um, mirroring? Usually, you start leading them. Let me. If you're the one that's conscious of it, uh-huh. then you'll be the one that starts leading. But just by doing all these things the same, we fundamentally, at a very, very deep level, tend to like people that we perceive as being like ourselves. So if we're using similar body language, and I listen to the way you talk, and I start using a similar kind of pattern, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're using a lot of visual words, I'll start saying a lot of things, I see what you mean, things like that. Oh. I'll start to adopt your pacing. Not exact mimicry, because then it kind of seems creepy, but Similar. And that starts to build a little bit of a connection. We start to feel like, yeah, we are kindred souls.
0: Okay. That's, an LP. The that's, beginnings of that's it, NLP. The that's NLP. That's
1: of it. one of the NLP principles, building rapport, okay. mirroring and matching. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. Could you talk just a moment on modality? Because I saw that in sure. your book, which was um, noticing how people learn or how people tend to think visually, auditory. Audit, Auditorially or or kinesthetically, kinesthetically, yes. Yeah, and
1: anybody who's been trained as a teacher has heard of this. They call them learning styles. Visual people, their minds are wired in such a way that they tend to think in terms of pictures. Uh, Visual people are very good at imagining images. They usually remember things based on what they looked like rather than some other fact about them. Uh, Auditory people are more geared to sound than anything else.
0: Podcast listeners, Anyone?
1: Anyone? Mm. Uh, kinesthetic people are very in tune to their bodies, feelings, emotions, physical sensations. There's no one better than the other. It's just different. And some people are actually good at more than one thing. They're called multimodal. So for example, my wife is a kinesthetic. I'm an auditory. So in a erotic hypnosis sense, it works out really well because I make her feel really good. And then she makes sounds that I love to hear. Ooh. So it's, you know, we're a great pair. But, you know, visual people, you can work with visual people, too. It's really just, it's just differences in how our brains are wired.
0: So saying stuff like, I hear you, versus, uh, I see what you mean.
1: That would tend to be something that an auditory person would say, would tend to say, yeah, I hear you, sounds good. Whereas a visual person is going to say, yeah, I see that, or how's that going to look?
0: And if I shove you a little and say, get out of town, that means I'm kinesthetic a little bit? You might
1: be kinesthetic a little bit. Now, of course, it's not an absolute rule, because we all use all these things. But when you get to know somebody, you're going to hear that they notice they tend to use one more than the others. Okay. And that's do, when you start to key in on their modality.
0: How do you figure out kinesthetic verbally by what they're saying? Um, like, I felt, like, saying right. feeling. Oh, so yeah. feeling words. Okay. We talk
1: about feelings. Kinesthetics have a tendency to touch themselves, which sounds really vulgar and out of context. <laughs> but um, uh, the, the, the classic, um, some of you are old enough to remember Bill Clinton. I feel your pain. That's a kinesthetic man. Is this gesture? He did it all the time. He did. Yeah. Okay. You're not old enough to remember.
0: Oh, I remember okay. him, but I didn't like pay attention to what he said.
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but if you want to talk about a master of NLP, really? Oh, he had some really good coaching. Yeah.
0: Do any of you actually know that? No. Yeah. That that Bill Clinton did NLP on publicly.
1: Oh, yeah. To the so, nation? So does so Obama. I think they tried to teach it to Bush, but he just wasn't any good at it. Well then,
0: but now, if you're not mirroring someone and doing, uh, building rapport mm-hmm. through, I just, I just keep thinking of the word mirroring, what are they doing on stage speech-wise? That, I mean, we are in D.C. speeches oh, here. Okay.
1: What are they doing speech-wise? Well, some of the best practitioners of NLP learn that you can elicit emotional states in people by talking about feeling really comfortable, feeling really confident, really enjoying being the person you're with. And as they're doing that, they'll make a gesture that ties that value to himself or herself. And that gets people going. I I do a seminar on uh, erotic NLP. And the way I open that seminar is I tell everybody, close your eyes. You don't have to do this. But I say, you know, close your eyes. Imagine a place where you feel absolutely safe, able to do and say and be whatever you want to say or do or be. Burning Man. Sure. And now, think of something that really gets you hot. Something that gets you really turned on, incredibly excited, ready to just go. Okay, everybody look up here. I anchor that sensation to me. And usually I'll have a chair in front of me, so I'll also anchor it to that chair by tapping the chair. And then as I'm talking about what erotic NLP is, every time I see a word like arousal, desire, pleasure... I'll tap that chair, and after I've been doing that for fifteen or twenty minutes, mm-hmm. I'll get a volunteer to come up and sit in the chair, mm-hmm. and they just shudder. It's fun, <laughs> <laughs> but politicians are taught to do this, so they'll they'll stand in front of the American flag to get that crowd. They'll say things like, "And yeah, yeah, and it's you know everything is working out well, everything is wonderful," but there are still problems in this country as they point to their opponent. Ooh. Still things that need to be fixed. There
0: should be an NLP so like subtle. like uh, contest between politicians where they're just like doing all the tap tap point at me point at you. Like just
1: when one of them is well trained and well coached and the uh-huh. other one is not, the election is a slaughter.
0: I thought because it was, was more fun Because NLP grabs
1: people emotionally.
0: Okay. This is really
1: fun. Oh, yeah, it's fun. It's got very little to do with erotic hypnosis, but it's very interesting to know, isn't it? You're going to watch... The next time you're watching, like, a presidential speech, you're going to watch him differently, aren't you? I will Mm -hmm. be. Obama's really good at it. Like I say, he's charismatic to start with, and he's had some really good teaching.
0: Um, Now, since you have the traditional hypnotism training, and then you have the erotic training, what is there any difference or are you just using the exact same skills and applying it to Oh, the it's bedroom?
1: exactly the same skills in fact I've been doing it erotically longer than I've been doing it in mundane life
0: I thought you were about to say I've been doing it this entire time I was like no no <laughs>
1: no because I promised
0: thank you I appreciate it I'm very suggestible probably Oh, <laughs> uh, um, would you are you comfortable with maybe showing us a little hypnosis here tonight sure we can do that yeah is that okay
1: can I bring my favorite up?
0: You may.
1: Ooh, cool. Come here, honey.
0: Um, what's? Uh, you two can set up however you want. I'll step off to the side and watch and um, narrate okay. it for listeners. You excited?
1: Yeah. yeah. Come up. There you go. All right. So this is Danny. Hi, Danny. Hi, Danny Hi, <laughs> is my wife, uh, which means that she's been subjected to this sort of treatment a lot. He's stroking and her And she's temple. very, very well conditioned. So I don't even really have to sit here and say much. Just stroke her temple, little tiny circular motions like that. And yeah, She's already like nuzzling and eyes closed mm-hmm. on his chest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one of the interesting things about her, because she's a kinesthetic, she feels things in her body very intensely. Hmm. And even now, She may even imagine sensations of pleasure. And now she's breathing heavily. Going through her pleasure. (sighs) She seems to be
0: having an orgasm, possibly.
1: No, not yet. No? Oh, so
0: that's... Okay. (laughs) Well, I was impressed.
1: No, just feeling really, really good right now. So good that you can imagine all that stress, all that tension from the day. Going through that little factory in the back of your mind and converting into erotic energy now. That's right. Just burn it she's all up. Really enjoy it. Put that energy to good use. She's twitching a little bit. So nice. So good. He's got his now, arm around The question wrong, I have for you is Would you like to burn it all up in a nice orgasm right now? Good girl. She's
0: moving
1: her feet around. Then allow it to build. And intensify, getting stronger and stronger. And as soon as you're ready, you can let it go. Nice, big, loud vocal orgasm. Now. That's right. Good. Girl. Pleasure. So much pleasure. And using up all that nasty stress and tension. Now. Relaxing. Now. Good. I'm proud of you. Good girl. Now they're cuddling a lot. Hey, um, aftercare is important. It is.
0: Uh, That was really intense for me. How did you guys do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now, you can come all the way back on three, feeling absolutely wonderful, refreshed and energized, happy and content. Very, very proud of yourself for how wonderfully creative your mind is. One, two, and three. Mm. Hiya. And now she's back. And you're kissing. It's cute.
0: <laughs> uh, can we process this? Yes. Or you guys want another minute? You guys, should we leave? Well, I, should I don't you... want to get up? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. You but
1: can she, be right she there. She can answer questions.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. Take your time. I know how I feel. I just like you know when you orgasm then have to walk to the bathroom right after to like get ready for work or whatever and then <laughs> you like fall over. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> um, wow. Um. I realize I probably should have checked in that you might see an orgasm stage. <laughs> Thank you and sorry, and you're welcome, everyone. Um that was wonderful. Um Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm doing yeah. good. Um it to answer the question that's probably on your mind, it's it doesn't feel exactly the same way as they as a purely physical orgasm does. Um it's
1: it's hard to describe. It's 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 mo- it is more in your head, but it's still just as pleasurable, if that makes any sense.
0: Um, you, 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 you you feel the sensations, but you feel the sensations in your head as opposed to necessarily on your body.
1: I'm not explaining this very well. I'm sorry. Oh, is it making sense? Yeah. Yeah. People are getting it. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: but it's good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: how are you, how, have you two worked in front of audiences before?
1: Well, I, I mean, I don't do this routinely in front of audiences, but for
0: workshops, for demonstration purposes, yes, okay. we do. Hey, um, does anyone have any uh, particular questions, burning on your mind about what they just saw? Or? No? Okay, well, I do. Okay. okay. All right. First of all, is pleasure just like the, the your trigger word like at home wherever you are because like I noticed I, or were there any other words that you used because whenever pleasure came up, I saw a little like shudder like your knees would kind of come together a yeah. little more um, and I don't yeah Ple- pleasure pleasure causes a just a jolt of erotic energy that just feels good
1: I, I saw Bruce Almighty at the wrong point in my development. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny.
0: <laughs> Deeply funny. Um, I don't even know what to say right now because I wasn't expecting that much vulnerability from the two of you
1: coming oh. up here.
0: So that was, um, I really respect that. Now, how, to, how long have you two been together?
1: Uh, we met in 2008. We've been married since late 2010.
0: And how long has this, like, is this, okay, as the t- hypnotism top? Mm-hmm. Mark, was this something that you started playing with at the beginning? Like, is this is the are the trigger words like really ingrained over the years, or do you kind of play with it over time and uh, change well, it around? Pleasure
1: is deeply She's, ingrained because we've been using it for a very very long time.
0: She scrunched up her face and smacked him. Yes,
1: <laughs> um, but and when you play with anybody for you know more than a short period, you start to learn what what words are hot buttons for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm a service dom, so when I learn that. I take mental notes and I use it. Uh, Could you explain what a service dom is? Uh, a service dom. Uh, I'm a dominant, but my style, my preference is to find out what my sub likes and then give that to them a lot. Okay. As opposed to an alpha style dom who's more into what they want okay. and into being served. All right. It's just my style. Yeah. No, it,
0: I, <laughs> if I were a top, it would be a service top, you know, because yeah. I'm more just a service person. I got that. Yeah. Wait, for me? What?
1: That's, I understand it. Oh, okay. It. It's
0: okay. <laughs> like, how, did you, how could you tell? You can see to <laughs> my soul. I'm, I'm afraid and interested. Um, that was really I great. Never admit um, it. Could we please give Danny a round of applause? Thank you very much. There you go. Oh, my goodness. I, uh,. I know Black Rose is the local BDSM community education um, organization, mm-hmm. and they um, do classes and events out of uh, the Crucible, which is a local BDSM um, dungeon. I went there last time I was in town, and it was so much fun. Um, but there's an erotic hypnosis group um, that's run through Black Rose. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you go to that? Is that? Uh,
1: I, I do go to it when I can. I, I'm busy a lot of weekends. Okay. But I do go to it. I've spoken to that group a couple of times.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, there's erotic hypnosis, but then I noticed that there seems to be a lot of BDSM practitioners that use it. Is that different? Like, There's a lot of crossover. Do you need to be a kinky person or, or like kink-identified, a BDSM or a top or bottom, to no. use it erotically, like to start doing the orgasm training or anything? No, you
1: don't. Actually, hypnosis is really my only kink. I'm the most vanilla D.E.V. you'll ever see. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's all interesting. It's all kind of cool, but none of it has really screamed out, ooh, you have to try this to me yet. Okay. So. What drew you to it? Uh, The hypnosis is what drew me into it, and there's such a, there's a lot of cross-pollination, if you will, because BDSM, a large part of it, is about power exchange. Hypnosis is a great tool for power exchange. Plus, once you can do hypno-bondage with somebody, you never have to explain to the TSA why you have manacles in your suitcase.
0: (laughs) I guess you need travel light if that's your kink. Okay. Just to get a rundown, I just need to know. So, orgasm. Mm-hmm. Sure. What else can we do with erotic hypnosis? Uh,
1: things that we do a lot, uh, sensation play, where you can take, uh, for instance, a touch on the elbow and have it be felt somewhere else. Oh. Or you can turn up sensation or turn down sensation. A lot of you have probably heard about hypnosis being used for anesthesia, for pain control. It's like dentist, dentist offices and minor surgeries and whatnot. Well. Yes, you can turn that sensation down. You can also turn it way up. Uh, and you can turn all the sensations way up. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, a lot of people that are into um, confinement, objectification type things enjoy hypno-bondage. Uh, freeze play, where you just make somebody completely immobile. And then you can either turn them into your mannequin, you know, your marionette puppet. One, one game that uh, I like to play with people is, is I'll take a little, a little uh, like a Barbie doll or an artist doll that's articulated... And we'll hypnotize them and turn that into a voodoo doll. So anything you do to the doll, they feel. Anything you whisper into the doll's ear becomes their thought. That's kind of fun, and people really enjoy that. Is there... Uh, you can do oh. um, roleplay. Right. You know, a lot of people like role play.
0: Like, you're a pilot now.
1: Yeah, how would you like to do roleplay and actually believe that that's you?
0: I mean, I already do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it takes method acting to a whole new level.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh. Oh, yeah.
1: And, again, you can do really interesting. I did a scene with somebody um, at the uh, Chicago uh, Erotic Hypnosis Sun Conference a few weeks ago. They wanted to do an interrogation scene. They wanted to be forcibly interrogated. And they wanted to have like be threatened with knives and things like that. But they wanted to really experience the fear aspect of that. So in hypnosis, I took the person down and said, okay, while we're playing the scene, your subconscious knows that you're absolutely safe and that none of us will actually do anything to hurt you. And because your subconscious knows that, your conscious mind can really experience the fear to a degree that it's never allowed itself to do before. Well, That's Whoa. kind of what I need
0: just in life. <laughs> I feel like there should just be like morning, uh, hypnotize you so you don't have anxiety problems. I <laughs> just freak out into the world. Uh, I need that.
1: Let's see what am I what am I leaving out? There's there's a lot of the, well, the the Kinky Human Tricks chapter in the book which is half the book is examples of a lot of these things.
0: Well, I saw that there was like inductions like how like mm-hmm. the watch versus like be yes. a chicken, you know, like that uh, Well,
1: be a chicken is not a very effective induction. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But well, like an induction is like how you is that like the stroking of the temple so that yes. it's then kind of getting somebody relaxed. in a
1: trance, and you can either do it long and slow, like the ever popular, relax every single muscle in your left big toe. That's right. Now let that relaxation spread to the next toe, and you know, thirty minutes later, you're bored, the person's in a stupor because <laughs> they checked out. Nobody's having any erotic fun, but you have achieved a sort of hypnosis. Uh, or you can do the really fast inductions that just take a couple of seconds, like bang, sleep, and they're gone. Okay. Yeah, I'm, no. Yeah, I know. No, you were yeah, worried yeah. for a second there. Uh. <laughs> she was looking at me like, no, not now. When, when I'm doing my my hypnosis 101, I, I joke. I say there are 18,473,513 ways to put somebody in a trance. I lost all the numbers. The number changes every time. Oh, I just okay. pull it out of my butt. It's okay. Point being, there's an almost infinite number of ways to get somebody into hypnosis. There's a couple of key concepts behind them all. Okay. So really good hypnotists often improvise. Now, because Danny is kinesthetic um, and is so conditioned to me, just about any rhythmic movement somewhere on her body will produce a trance. Really? Yes.
0: So rhythmic, like tapping, tapping circling, circling. I'm a
1: big fan of the circle because I can circle slower mm-hmm. and slower. And slower, and she drops deeper and deeper as I do.
0: Okay, so for, I mean, I'm sure there are practitioners mm-hmm. in the audience, but for those of us who don't have any training in this, mm-hmm. like me, could you teach me how to be a hypnotist? Like, is there, like, a beginner, like, a thing? Sure. Like, like w- could you teach me right now?
1: Uh, like, sure. I can yeah. teach you an induction. Yeah. Now, usually the way we teach somebody is to do it to them first.
0: <laughs> that's annoying
1: <laughs> yeah, we can forego that this time if you like but I have to warn you huh. a large part of what makes hypnosis work is the person's expectation and belief okay. so if you're standing in front of somebody and they know that you've never hypnotized anybody before okay. and you're saying well I really want to try this so let's try this you want to try um The likelihood that you're going to get belief and expectation is pretty low. Okay. Whereas, you know, I'm sitting up here with you. Everybody knows that I've been doing this for a long time because we've already talked about it. Uh, They've now seen me do a hypnotic trance on somebody already. The belief, the expectation is fairly high that, yeah, if they sit down and do what I tell them to, they're going to be able to go into trance. Okay.
0: I saw one time at a comedy um, Mm -hmm. event a hip, uh, magician hypnotist yes. getting about 10 people on stage and doing a whole show like making them run around and pretend to be babies. And then there were oh, yeah. like, all that stuff. My, one of my friends went up and, and it was strange because it was his birthday. So we were all there supporting and I, I couldn't believe that he actually, like he, he said that it did, he did want to do the things and he did them. And I, mm-hmm. I just didn't really, what is my question? My question is, Let's say you wanted to bring us all through something. Not saying that we will, but like, let's say we wanted to. Does that mean that each person could decide whether or not they wanted to go along? And so yeah. like, if they wanted to check out, they could just be like, I'm not going to be a part of this, and then just watch everyone else? Yeah,
1: absolutely. In fact, I often do that when I'm teaching. Is I'll say, okay, we're going to do a group induction. Anybody who wants to play, just follow the directions. If you don't want to play, simply choose not to, and that's perfectly okay. And usually I'll get you know five or six people in a group of 40 that just kind of want to watch. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Maybe they're tops and they don't want to be seen in front of their sub going into trance or whatever. Okay. It's perfectly okay. It's fine. Oh, I was about to say something. To oh. What was it? Oh, um, the reason that your friend did all that goofy stuff on stage. Mm-hmm. Context. Context is key. Like peer pressure? Like- eh, no. It's, it's, context is the circumstances in which you're giving somebody a suggestion. For example... Uh, If I wanted to give you a suggestion that when you hear a certain song on the radio, uh, you will start doing a striptease.
0: That's dangerous. Where you
1: are when you hear that song is going to determine whether you do it or not. If you're home alone or with somebody that you're intimate with and that song comes on, you'll probably do it. If you're at the grocery store and the music version of that song comes on, you're not going to do it. Okay. Your okay. friend volunteered to be part of a hypnosis show where he knew he was going to be asked to do goofy weird shit to entertain a crowd. Right. In that context, he's okay with doing goofy weird shit. Ask him to do those exact same things while you've got a camera rolling in front of him promising to post it to YouTube and you probably get a different result. Uh, unless he's, you know, an exhibitionist by nature.
0: Okay. I like that. I like that there's still some control over my own body.
1: Oh, you always have control. There is a little piece of your mind, which the researchers call the hidden observer. Okay. I like to explain it this way. The hidden observer, when Trog the caveman was out stalking his prey, the hidden observer was that little piece of his mind that was looking out to make sure nothing was stalking him.
0: (laughs) Ah, and now we just have to judge ourselves.
1: No matter how (laughs) deep into trance you go, there's always that little piece watching. Okay. And any suggestion that you get given that is unacceptable to you for whatever reason, the hidden observer pipes up and rejects. Now, how you handle the rejection depends on circumstances. You might just pop out of trance and kick me in the nuts. Uh, you might ignore the suggestion because you're having too much fun otherwise. You will absolutely have the final say because it's still your mind. You know, if I could control your mind completely that way... My kids would have moved out a long time ago, my youngest son would not have bought a 15-year-old Ford Explorer, and I wouldn't still have a day job.
0: Oh, and he'd probably be a total tool. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, very nice. Is this though? Is this related, or is this a different thing? Like when someone's like masturbating, if they just sort of like zone out and stare at a picture of a horse, suddenly they're like, "Wow!" Every time I see a horse, like it suddenly turned on. That's like
1: that's more like classical conditioning.
0: Oh, Okay, okay, true, 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 true. Okay, just just it because that happened to me once, not with a horse. That's all
1: right. <laughs>
0: that with those. <coughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, I've actually experienced that twice. Once with firefighters and once mm-hmm. with boots. <laughs> I was like, suddenly I like Doc Martens a lot more than I did before. That's the little hot, weird. Hot,
1: hot, hot. Hey, the power of positive reinforcement.
0: Hey, I just close my eyes now. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> So, um, I would like to invite two practitioners who have been doing it uh, around a year and then talk to them about their experience together, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. You could uh, come over here and. um, Tisha and Gavin, are you comfortable coming up to the stage? How are you doing?
1: Now leaving nerdist.com.